This is episode 226, Getting Over a Broken Heart and Being Seen with Sarah. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I hope your New Year's is off to a great start. If you're listening to the show when it first drops, it's not too late to join me for my special group coaching call tonight. I'm going to be talking about setting your intentions for the new year. It's going to be different than the Coach's Corner episodes I did. I'm also going to talk about how to be an empath in 2020. So you can go to christinehasler.com slash group to join us for only $20 from anywhere in the world. And if you're listening a little later and you'd like to access the recording of the call, you can actually go and access all my live group coaching calls, the recordings for all of them. We've had some on confidence, loneliness, prosperity, anxiety, self-love, holiday stress, uh, all kinds of great topics. You can go to christinehasler.com slash group dash coaching dash replays and find all of them there. Last announcement, space is really filling up for my spring retreat. If you want to really change your life, come spend the weekend with me in San Diego. It's March 6th through 8th. You can go back to a couple of Coach's Corner episodes back and listen to me talk about everything that happens on a retreat. Jill Esplin joins me for that if you're curious to learn more. Go to christinehassler.com slash spring dash retreat to watch a video from me, to watch testimonials and to learn more about it. Ladies, this is just for you. Gentlemen, sorry, we'll be doing one in October for men and women, probably in Austin. So stay tuned for that. But this one is incredibly important for women to do. It's incredibly important for us to, to come together just as women and work through a lot of our shadow side so we can step into the magnificence that we are. Again, this is the most powerful work that I do. Don't miss it. So I have a great episode for you today with Sarah. She calls in asking about a breakup, but we, as usual, dive deeper into some core issues that she's been carrying around since actually before her birth. So I think you'll really enjoy this beautiful episode. As you're listening, consider, have you gone through heartbreak recently or perhaps a while ago that you still haven't gotten over? Do you often do things because you feel obligated or forced? Is it hard for you to speak up? Do you often feel invisible? Is there a calling or something you want to pursue, but your own self-doubt gets in the way? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Sarah. Before we dive in, I want to thank my sponsor for this week. If you know me at all, you know I love my supplements. (laughs) In fact, when I travel, my husband always teases me about all the supplements that I bring. And since I've been on an extra special health regime this year, I have a little more supplements than maybe usual. Some people say, you shouldn't take so many supplements, but I know my body and I know what I need. And I know that certain supplements really give me the nutrition and the vitamins and minerals that I need when I'm traveling or I can't get my usual organic food or I spend a lot of time on planes. I actually think in today's day and age, every one of us needs to supplement a little bit because we just don't get it all from our food and our lifestyles don't actually support the absorption of all the food and minerals and vitamins that we need, which is why I love 
DR Vitamins. DR Vitamin Solutions has become a valuable resource for countless supplement shoppers all over the world. They are well known among nutritionists and vitamin junkies like me for sourcing quality brands from every niche of the supplement industry. This includes liposomals, patches, and a wide variety of detox products, just to name a few. The folks at DR Vitamins know that, you know, supplements may not always be on the top of your budget list. Your money is tied up, you're busy, but your body never stops needing nourishment, does it? That's why DR Vitamin Solutions is offering my listeners 5% off all purchases. Just use the coupon code HASSLER5 when you check out at drvitaminsolutions.com. And we'll put the link in the show notes. And their hands-on customer service will ensure that every order you place is smooth and stress-free. That means you can focus on what really matters and not waste your time trying to figure out a shopping cart. (laughs) Finally, DR Vitamins is proud to offer the same or next day shipping on all domestic U.S. orders. Even better, orders of $49 or more are shipped completely free. Get your body what it needs at the price you want. Check out their extensive catalog at drvitaminsolutions.com. Again, that's coupon code HASSLER5 at drvitaminsolutions.com for 5% off all your nutritional needs. And now on to my coaching call with Sarah. Sarah, welcome to the call. How can I help? Thank you. I am, I'm 41. I've been single for just over a year now. I was unfortunately broken up with on a blind side just before Christmas last year. And it was a relationship that I thought was the one that, you know, I was going to end up in. And unfortunately that didn't work out, but I don't, I actually don't have a lot of relationship experience over my life. So it was at 39 when I met this person, it was kind of my first serious relationship. So now in in reflection, I'm learning of how I contributed to what happened and where he was coming from as well. And just now at this age, wanting to face, you know, who I am as a person and working my stuff out so I can meet that available man. Mm-hmm. So what did you learn from that relationship? Oh gosh. Well, what I think I learned was that I definitely dimmed myself. I, I regressed in a way. I've done a lot of work on myself over the years and felt that I was in a pretty good place to welcome somebody into my life. But because I guess he wasn't as he was seven years younger than me and maybe I, I don't think he'd really done any work on himself. And so I unconsciously met him where he was at instead of elevating him to meet me where I was at at the time and even in my mind during our you know seven and a half eight months together I'm thinking who are you becoming I don't even Mm. know who I am I wasn't speaking up I'm calling him out on things and so I think you know the universe or whatever stepped in and said no this is not happening you're not being yourself but the sad thing is that in a way I was prepared to settle for that because I was ended up getting scared to then speak up and say, no, no, this is not working for me. What what specifically did you want to speak up about? What wasn't working? How are you being treated? I didn't question him on times when he would go really quiet and not speak up. I didn't really feel an emotional intimacy and connection with him. Mm-hmm. And I just, I let that be. And inside of me just wasn't working but I I was very attracted to him and he he has a beautiful heart and is a lovely person but in reflection we we definitely weren't on the same page in our life 
and in a sense for me looking back I was settling because I was scared to then be on my own because I had been for such a long time yeah yeah and when you think about because so often romantic relationships bring up things from our childhood and especially our relationships with our parents so when you think of who he might have reminded you of from your childhood Mm. does anything come forward it's it's interesting so my parents divorced when I was 16 and they never really had well not that I've witnessed anyway like a relationship where they were overly affectionate with each other Um, my dad had his own business so he he wasn't around a lot Mm -hmm. I'm very close with him now and I'm actually an identical twin and my sister is also not that experienced in relationships either and you know we often say we're soulmates and that's all good and well but I'd still like to meet a man but when we were born my parents didn't know that they were having twins and so then when I came out second they said oh wow there's another one and because we were so teeny tiny I was left I had to stay in hospital for about a month and my sister got taken home and so and my mum had very limited contact with me and Mm -hmm. so I, I don't know if something has then stemmed you know straight away when I was born and in a feeling of perhaps abandonment or I think that's kind of stuck in my head over the years as well that people are just going to leave me anyway so what's the point Mm, mm. well three key things stick out to Mm. me in what you just said Mm. first parents getting divorced at 16 which is a tender age for a girl because it's when we're starting to really get into boys and relationships and romance and all those kinds of things so seeing that marriage fall apart is a big thing Mm having a relationship with your sister where you felt like she was your soulmate, she's the one that you're emotionally intimate with can create some unconscious patterns of loyalty that could get in the way of relationship. And then third, not knowing, like being reacted to is, oh, we didn't even know you were there, which boggles Mm. my mind. And, And being left in the hospital with no human touch and human interaction mm. or we could say emotional intimacy yes um is very challenging for a soul mm. so i can understand why relationship has been challenging and i can really understand why that fear of abandonment has been there yeah. so the biggest thing to start with is to really take the judgment off yourself Do you judge yourself for not having a relationship, not being in a relationship, having this or last relationship break up suddenly? What do you make that mean about you? Yeah, well, in in a sense, yes. I think because I've been on my own for so long and this this is my comfort zone and what I know and then not being in control of when my ex left me just threw me into a complete tease because I, I don't know how to handle these emotions that I'm experiencing because I haven't had a severely broken heart before. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of new feelings that I was experiencing and I guess in a way avoiding experiencing those feelings as well. And I acknowledge that and just keeping myself safe by being on my own. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm very conscious of my age as well, you know, people, 
aren't backward in coming forward saying, oh, you finally met someone, you know, it was taking so long and so kind of blocking out what other people are projecting onto me as well, which are their judgments. And it's hard not to take that personally. Whilst I felt like it was a bit of a disappointment because everyone was so excited that I had finally met someone. Right, right. But if it was someone that didn't see you and someone that you didn't feel had the emotional intimacy, then better off not having that relationship than being in a relationship where you didn't feel seen. Because, I mean, that's been a theme since birth. Yeah, yeah. Your mother didn't even know you were in there. Mm. So there's, I think, a big life lesson for you about really being seen and, and taking up space and being worthy. So let's, let's say we were, um, you and I were out to dinner with four other people. Mm. Would you be participating in the conversation a, a lot, or would you be kind of sitting back a little bit, contributing things, maybe answering questions, but not very like bold in the conversation? Sure. If, if I didn't know those people, I'd probably just be observing the conversation. I'm an introvert by nature mm-hmm, anyway. Mm-hmm. And yes, if it was conversation that I would, had experience in and I can make a contribution, then yeah, I'd, I think I'd be fine in coming forward with contributing to that. Um, but but yeah. generally you're more of an introvert. Yes, correct. Yeah. And it's, it's funny too because so my sister and I had our 40th last year and I'm just not all for being the center of attention. And I just feel uncomfortable when there's everyone there to celebrate me. And obviously I have to go to my own birthday because I'm sharing it with my sister and just one of us can't go and the other one doesn't. So I always feel a bit forced to put myself in that situation where I do feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And what makes you feel uncomfortable about it when there is attention on you? (sighs) What are the thoughts and feelings that come up? I just think it's just I'm not a big deal to kind of have all of that attention on me. Yeah, I'd rather just have something small and low-key. I don't need a big fanfare, but um, because, you know, my parents and my sister wanted a big birthday, then I have to go along as well. But I just spend the night just anxious and feeling like I'm having half conversations with people. So right. But see, even that, like Mm. my parents and my sister wanted it. So I had to go Mm. along. Yeah. So just, just notice and bring massive compassion to the self-worth that you have. Mm. There's really, from my perspective, low self-worth. And when, when we have low self-worth, it's, definitely more challenging to attract a relationship. And it's actually probably been a protection that you haven't had relationships because the kind of relationship that you may attract with low self-worth is somebody that treats you pretty crappy. It's, it's, it's really interesting you say that because whilst I was, I was treated like a princess and he, he actually worshipped me, but he had very low self-worth as well. So, you know, when I think back, I, I did literally attract my mirror to me Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you know he would often call us beauty and the beast I'm like stop it's just he's like I don't understand why you're with me I know what people are thinking and then it was now that I think about it it's just mirroring back to me where my um I guess unconscious is at and I haven't actually thought about 
that aspect of it. Yep. Um, yeah. Yep. Yep. And how beautiful that your soul picks someone that can mirror back to you mm. rather than continue to reinforce the low self-worth. However, yeah. even though he treated you like a princess, he did reinforce the low self-worth by ending it yes. and also yeah. by not giving you what you needed. Yes, correct. So he was a mirror and a trigger. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. it's, and it's, I think, and I was that for him too, because, um, he basically just yeah, blindsided me with a breakup, no explanation and ran the other way, but we worked together. So I still had to see him for the mm. next eight months until he left that job. So oh, yeah, oh. yeah, this, this year's been a bit challenging, but yes, you know, in, in a good way, I'm, I'm grateful for it in a sense. Well, I love that you can get to the gratitude. But the other thing that I notice that people with low self-worth do is they don't even, they they don't even give themselves permission to feel their feelings. So you're not even worthy enough to really be upset about it and really be like, you know what? It was shit. Yeah. You can be grateful for it and be, and still be pissed off that it happened because part of getting angry. See, when we have self-worth, we have that piece of us that's like, you know what? Treating me like this and blindsiding me was a really shitty thing to do. Mm-hmm. And we confront that person and we deal with our anger. But because you have this kind of invisibility, pull back, low self-worth, I have a feeling you silently suffered with this and then kind of went to, well, let me find the blessing in it. And so, yes, I did silently suffer and I, and I, I hung back and then, eight, you know, eight months just before he left the company we worked at, we actually sat down and I just let him know exactly how it impacted me and I got everything off my chest. It had Good. been building up, but he, I don't think, is mature enough to even take that on board. Well, Um, and it's not about his reaction. I'm Mm. really proud of you for actually saying it. Yeah. You know, the part that is a flag to me is it took eight months and him leaving for you to be able to do that, which I completely understand given, you know, everything that you shared with me. Mm. But this is, this is from my point of view, really about finding your voice. Yeah. Finding your voice and being able to speak up for yourself and give yourself what you need and tell your family, you know what, if you want to have a big bash, that's fine. But I just don't want that. Mm. That's not what I want. So can we find a compromise rather than having to suck it up and go and have anxiety? Mm. Yeah, it's true. And it's funny in a way that I am quite assertive and I, I do speak up for myself when when I need to but I think when there's an emotional involvement in it that's it when I completely shut down and then that, I let fear take over yeah and that's when we need it most mm, yeah exactly then I felt like I just wasn't backing myself I exactly. just got steamrolled by yeah exactly mm. exactly and it may keep happening until you actually begin to speak up and find your voice even when there is fear but in order to do that there's some inner work and some inner healing around just not feeling, just not feeling seen and not feeling attended to and feeling abandoned. Yes. Have you ever worked with a counselor on that? Not that in particular. No, I don't think I've ever fully acknowledged that. 
within okay. myself before. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm proud of you for acknowledging it now. And I think this breakup is the perfect time to use the the hurt to go back and work some of this out because I also have a feeling too that because you felt a little abandoned by mom, yeah. your your sister became the person you have an, more of an attachment to. Yes. And like I said, that can be anytime we have an an enmeshment with someone, it can be a block to a healthy relationship coming in. Mm. And so there's, there's a lot here, not in the sense of, oh my gosh, like there's so much to work on and, you know, (laughs) but there's, I think there's a lot here that with the right professional, with the right person taking you through could start to unlock a lot of these pieces Mm-hmm. And start to help you really find your place in the world. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And and it's interesting you say finding my place in the world too, because you know what what I do for a job is not my dream job. And I know what my purpose is and what I'm here to do. And I'm very slowly stepping into that as well. What is that? So I'm a Reiki practitioner for people and animals, um, mm-hmm. yoga, meditation teacher as well. And, you know, my job, what I do is I work in an office as an executive assistant and that's, you know, it's not my dream mm. job, but I'm good mm-hmm. at it and it pays the bills. And, you know, that's, I guess, very common story that a lot of people have, but it's, I think this coming year, and I think that's why I really want to work on this now is really stepping into who I am as well and embracing and accepting who I am so then I can shine my light in the world and work with who I need to work with. So yeah. Yeah. It's a kind of a vital time, I feel. Yeah. Well, and when we have low self-worth, it's mm. it's hard to go out and pursue our dreams. Yeah. Because on some level, we don't think we're worthy. Sure. Yeah. So I would highly recommend with all this, you're in a, you have fertile ground right now to really work with a lot of this. Yeah. To find someone. And, and since you're a yoga teacher and you're in Reiki and all those things, yeah. you're, you're probably well connected to the transformational industry. I would yeah. even recommend seeing if you can find a hypnotherapist to work with and, and regress you back into mm-hmm. birth and those early months yeah, and well. see if you can do any healing with that little one. Because when there's trauma like that, either in the womb or when we first come out, we can adopt what can be called a leaving pattern where we're here, but we're not really here. Mm. And emotional intimacy, as much as you were saying, you know, it was hard for him to have emotional intimacy. It probably is hard for you too, in in different ways. And we can leave our body a lot and we can check out. And that becomes a coping strategy is to physically be in a room, but actually not be there. Yes. I understand that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the beautiful thing is it it gives you some incredible gifts. Like a lot of people with this pattern are really good with energy work because you're more comfortable in the, the not three-dimensional world. You're more comfortable in the spirit world. Mm -hmm. And that's a beautiful gift, but you, you are a spiritual being having a human experience. So a big part of your work is getting in the body. Mm. And so you know, yoga and meditation and all those things are great, but having practitioners that can bring you in the body, somatic work, having you feel your emotions, having you find your voice, yell, scream, cry, all those kinds of things are going to be an important part of helping you get back in your body so that you can actually, one, have that emotional intimacy and, and two, like feel that worthiness because, you know, 
that self-worth stems from an, a, a, a birthing trauma of like, do I even deserve to be here? Mm. Mm. And it's, I've never really used the word trauma associated with it. I've kind of thought that it's a really, I put a big energy around that word. And I'm like, well, you know, it's a bit of wounding that I have, but I don't think I've ever fully said, well, yeah, it was a, a birthing trauma that I went, yeah. that I experienced. Mm. Yeah. It was being separated from your mother at birth. Mm, mm. Yeah, I would say that's traumatic. Mm. But just notice that part of you that's minimized it. Because up until now, you just haven't been ready to deal with it. Yeah. But now you are. Yeah. Yeah. Does this help a little bit? Yeah, no, it does. Definitely. Thank you. You've given me a lot to think about. And um, and just, yeah, coming to this next stage of my life is it's time, I think. Yes. And the breakup, as you know, was a blessing. He was a mirror. And sometimes, you know, there's a soul contract where the other person has to end it. Otherwise, you know, you would have stayed in something that really wasn't for your highest good. Yeah, correct. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you so much, Sarah, for opening up and sharing your heart in this call. So let's explore this call a little bit. We first talked about her ex and how she both felt heartbroken because he ended things so suddenly, but she also realized it was for the best because she, in her words, didn't know who she was becoming in the relationship. She wasn't speaking up and she felt unconsciously she dropped to his level. We later discovered in the call she did this because of her own self-worth issues. It's hard to be a stand for yourself and hold your own vibration when you have low self-worth. As Sarah realized, she was shrinking and settled because she did not want to lose the relationship. She thought, well, maybe this is all I'm going to get at 41 years old. So she was settling. But then the universe intervened and he ended it abruptly. And instead of shouting hallelujah because she wasn't getting her needs met in this relationship, Sarah was heartbroken and felt abandoned and rejected. Not being able to see things from a self-honoring perspective is one of the many side effects of low self-worth. In Sarah's case, it kept her in a relationship where she felt like she was settling and caused her to be devastated rather than relieved when they broke up. It even took her eight months to confront him when she knew she wouldn't have to face him again. Now, that said, I really want to applaud and commend Sarah for the progress she's made. Sarah, if you're listening, you've done an amazing job. She did end up speaking her truth. She is aware that it was a blessing this relationship ended, and she is aware that he was mirroring back to her her own self-worth. So it's not like Sarah has no self-worth. She's been working on it, and her personal awareness is excellent, which indicates there's a lot of hope. People that have zero self-worth give up on themselves completely and don't call in or listen to podcasts like this. If you believe you have low self-worth, I do want you to also recognize the ways in which you act that do demonstrate your self-worth. I promise they are there. You can't just focus on how you have low or no self-worth because it's not true. You don't have any self-worth. Again, you wouldn't be listening to this if you didn't. Acknowledge the ways you do take care of yourself. So let's review why Sarah's self-worth was so low. First of all, her parents got divorced at a tender age and they never really were very affectionate with each other, which usually means they're probably not going to be very affectionate with her either. Second, and this just boggles my mind, her parents didn't even know they were having twins. 
And so she came out as a surprise, like, oh, we didn't even know you were in there. And then because they were so small, she was left alone. Her sister got to be with mom, but she was left alone in this very, very, very tender time of infancy and didn't get that emotional intimacy with her mom. So no wonder she's dealing with low self-worth and a little bit of the leaving pattern, which I'll talk about later. Sarah said with the breakup that she hadn't had a broken heart before and it was a lot of new feelings, but I disagree. I believe she has had a broken heart before, like when she was born. And this, like any other expectation hangover, is an opportunity for her to go back and do the healing work, to go back and process some of the sadness and anger and fear that she felt when she came into this world. So her coping strategies for dealing with how heartbroken and unloved and unseen she's felt as a child have been, well, keeping herself safe by being on her own. Since her mom wasn't around very much, her her twin sister became her soulmate. And then that led to a bit of an enmeshment with her sister, which could also be a blocked relationship. She keeps quiet and she doesn't speak up about things. Like her 40th birthday, she did what others wanted her to do and in her words, forced herself into a situation where she felt uncomfortable. So it's no surprise she ended up in a relationship where she didn't feel seen. She's been there since birth. You know, she really has this opportunity to learn how to take up space and being worthy. Now, I also had a feeling Sarah was an introvert by nature, but even introverts need to take up space and be seen, especially in their most intimate relationships. You know, I would say I'm more of an introvert and being seen in my intimate relationships, especially my marriage is like my number one thing. It matters so much to me, especially because introverts often don't share all parts of ourselves with many people. But again, low self-worth can make it more challenging to attract a healthy relationship. Probably it's a protection that Sarah hasn't had a relationship up until now because she wouldn't have attracted the best guys. And with this ex, she said, he treated me like a princess, but mm, I doubt that was really totally true. Maybe due to his low self-worth, he often put her on a pedestal because she felt unworthy. But if he really was treating her like a princess, or let's be honest, ladies, we all want to be treated like queens, not princesses. But if he really was even treating her close to a princess, he would have opened his heart and had that emotional intimacy. Again, Sarah's work is really about healing the wound of not being known and seen, even when she was in the womb, finding her voice and speaking up for herself, even with her family. The final thing I want to highlight that I mentioned when coaching Sarah is the leaving pattern. So the leaving pattern is a coping mechanism, kind of a personality pattern that we often develop if we have in the womb trauma or birth trauma. It's when we don't feel safe to come into the world. And so coping mechanism that we have is we're good at just kind of checking out. And it's also common for people that have a leading pattern to really, really avoid confrontation and often not speak up for themselves. So for her, it stems from this birthing trauma, the whole, do I deserve to be here? And a big part of healing the the leaving pattern is to not tolerate shitty situations, not settle. And an even bigger part is getting in the body. You heard Sarah going, "Uh uh-huh, 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 when I was talking to her about how she has these incredible gifts of being a healer and a Reiki master, but she's more comfortable in the spiritual world. Her opportunity is to really get in the body. And as she takes the time to heal, work on her self-worth and get back into her body and not minimize the trauma she had around being born, it will support her in pursuing her dreams of being a healer. As she increases her self-worth, it will be easier to go on and pursue her dreams. 
So some takeaways for you. Think about your own birth and early childhood. Was there any trauma? Did you feel safe and wanted? Make sure you're exploring this and covering this in your personal development and maybe finding someone that specializes in regressing you back and doing hypnotherapy around birth. Or perhaps even just your therapist can talk to you about it. But how we come into this world makes a big difference. So it's worthy to explore. And if you do relate to the leaving pattern, if you're good at checking out of your body and going into the spiritual world, I encourage you to do things that get in your body. Dancing is a great start. And consider your own self-worth. If you resonate with it being low, commit to doing some work around this. Investing in yourself is a great way. Come to my spring retreat or join my personal mastery course. One thing that people say after they come to my spring retreat or they finish their mastery course, and honestly, usually people do both, except for the gentlemen because they can only do the mastery course, is they say that their self-worth increases because you're healing so many of the wounds that have you blocked from truly experiencing high self-worth. And next, make a list of all the people you've held back your words to, all the unsaid conversations, words you have swallowed, and make a commitment to get them out, either through release writing, doing my temper tantrum technique, or actually having the conversation with people. It's time to use your voice, everybody. It's a new decade. No more swallowing your words. And if you have a dream you want to pursue, tell more people about it. Own it. Even if you feel like you're miles away from it, even if you don't know how to start, the more you own it, the more you bring it into the light and keep it out of just your own personal mind, the more confident you'll feel about pursuing it. Thanks everybody once again for listening. If this show resonated with you, please share it on social media and be sure to tag me so I can thank you. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. 